Hey guys, the show is about ready to start, but really quick, I wanted to grab your attention, tell you to have a pencil and paper ready. I have some very important information you're going to want to stick around for after the show regarding updated contact information, websites, and more. Everything's changed. Holy cow. What do I mean? Everything's ready to start. I gotta run. Stick around after the show and I'll get you filled in. Welcome to this podcast. Get ready. Here we go. GOST Radio proudly presents Random Illusions, the podcast where the occult community goes for its listening pleasure. I'm your host, Shasta Ray. Grab a cup of coffee, grab a cup of tea, or grab a glass of wine at the end of a long day if that's what you want to do. Kick back, settle in, and hang out with me for just a little bit while we chat it up about magic. Hello, all of you happy campers out there in podcast land. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 11. I'm your host, Shasta Ray. How are you? It is colder than you can imagine here. I was freezing all day and I had the furnace cranked. Oh my gosh. Cold front came through. I've been bundled up. Wow. But great time for some hot tea, you know? Wonderful. So tonight I've got a little bit of a recap, a little bit of a review, and some fun stuff, and uh, a big announcement. How's that? So let's get started. What are you talking about, Shasta? Okay, so first let's review and go back all the way to season one, episode zero, the meet and greet. And if you've never listened to it, at least listen to the very beginning where I talk about my friend Ellen and how this podcast got its name, Random Illusions. But in a nutshell, Ellen was someone who was an early influence in my life, and she read tarot cards. I met her because we worked at a newspaper office together back when I was 21, I believe, when I met her. And when she would do a reading for you, she would hand you the deck and tell you to shuffle it, and she would say, here, shuffle the cards, create the illusion of randomness. And for her birthday one year, I welded, because I was a welder for a while, I welded a little metal sign to hang up on her wall that said random illusions. And she knew what that meant. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. So this podcast is a little bit in honor of her and her early influence on me that ultimately got me here. I lost track of her at least 20 years ago, maybe 22, 23 years ago. I found a lead to her that I haven't followed through yet because I can't figure out where it went. I bookmarked it. It's gone. So I got to do the search again. Uh, kind of weird how things happen. Sometimes things just, it's not the right time. I'll find it when I'm meant to find it. Anyway, back to Ellen. So in reference to her tarot card reading, she was very, very interesting in the way that she read. She kept it extraordinarily simple. And if you remember back when I started this podcast, my podcast host site had a 28-day podcast startup challenge, and their theme was KISS, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. 
And that was what I was going for. I wanted to keep everything really simple and I tend to overcomplicate sometimes. So on topic with tarot, this whole past year, I kept overcomplicating. I mentioned that last time. I finally simplified. I finally figured it out. Things started coming together. And lo and behold, I started remembering back to when Ellen would read. And she was about as simplistic as she would get. She had somehow obtained a deck of cards that was just the outline. And I think she watercolor or painted them with something and painted all the colors into all the characters and scenes and everything when she was uh, in her late teens, I believe, question mark. And she only read from the Major Arcana, which is the first 22 cards of the deck. And on top of that, she would only draw two cards. And I can't remember, she had a, a certain way that she would have you shuffle and cut the deck you know, her own method. And then I think she just drew the first two cards. She would read them. She had a placement meaning. And then she would do a numerology kind of a thing and combine the two and draw a third card, sometimes a fourth card. And I wish I remembered her system. So I'm going to have to play and see if I come up with it. But for only using the first 22 cards, it was an incredibly accurate system. And It didn't matter how they turned out, if they were upside down, right side up. She didn't really go by necessarily upright or reversed meanings. Rather, she kind of influenced me this way. I absolutely don't go for the whole thing of the reversals or the negative and the the doom and gloom and all that. Come on. It's usually food for thought, warning, or what could possibly happen if you take the upright meaning to an extreme or in a bad direction or get obsessive about it. The reversals can also mean, you know, maybe what could happen if you make poor choices, if you don't take the advice given, things to look out for just in case. It doesn't necessarily mean that your future is going to go in a negative, terrible direction, or that it's giving you some sort of horrible warning to be fearful of. Also, there are a number of cards in a deck of tarot cards that the reversal is actually more positive than the upright. Okay, so there's all sorts of stuff going on with this. And I've always felt that if you don't take the reversals into consideration, you don't have to use it as this is how it is. But take it into consideration when you read. And I'll give you some more information on this as to how to incorporate this into some, you know, ideas for you. But a deck of tarot cards is 78 cards. So think of that as 78 advices if you totally disregard the reversals. Now, if you take the reversals into consideration, that's 156 possible advices for you. And a lot of this, I end up doing a little bit on the intuitive side over time. But again, I'll get to that in a little bit. But I just wanted to let you know that I see so many card readers out there. And again, you know, it's up to you. If you don't want to take into consideration reversals, a lot of people have their own reasons, okay? And if you're set in your ways, I'm not here to convince you. I, here again, just want to offer you possibilities and things to consider based on what I see out there. A lot of people get really, really fearful of the reversals. Oh my gosh. So whenever I read, it doesn't matter if they land right side up or upside down. 
here's what I think. When you're shuffling, especially if you're doing the two thing where you, you divide the deck in half and then you flip it, you know, where it's flipping one card at a time from each side and then you shuffle them together. If by some chance you get one of those halves flipped the other way, half the deck is going to come out upside down. It doesn't mean anything. So whenever I do a card reading, it doesn't matter how they land. I write them upright and then every card I read through on my books, the upright and the reversed meanings. And sometimes things just stand out at me and it's like, oh yeah, oh wow, hey, I didn't consider that. Okay, cool. Or if I'm asking about something that's really bothering me or there's a negative situation that's getting on my nerves, right? Sometimes those reversals give you insight as to why your situation is negative in that moment. Last but not least, tarot cards are not a set in stone. This is how it is. It came up this way. It will absolutely be this way. It's good insight that's probably going to happen or probably applies for the direction you're going right now. The future is always changing and you can change your mind at any moment on anything. Okay. So use these as really good advice, really good insight, and you can bring in a lot of richness to your life. You can get clarity on questions. You can make decisions. You can do magic with them. And on the topic of magic, you can develop not only your imagination, but your intuition, your insight. And here again, you can do magic with them. So it's going to help your magic no matter what. And I kind of alluded last week to a lot of times with tarot, it seems like it's really perceived as a women's thing. And when I was going through podcasts, I was kind of taken aback by how many podcasts are out there where either the podcast hosts seem to be putting on some sort of a weird show where they had to talk all like a fortune teller, strange, it didn't sound natural, or it was girls getting drunk or something in that direction. I don't know. There's a lot of it out there, a lot of it. And it's kind of a turnoff. I've talked to people about tarot and they've had such preconceived ideas. It's kind of like the Ouija board. So what I want to do with the podcast is throw some ideas out there. Maybe it'll be entertaining for some of you that just, eh, I am not interested at all. Or those of you who've always been intrigued, I can keep it simple so you can try it and uh, it won't be complicated. Now, I know I'm jumping around a little bit. Back to Ellen. Here's what she told me, and this is how I believe the tarot cards work. First off, you can ask your guides, you can ask spirits to influence or help you with your tarot reading and your divination. Of course, they can help you order the cards how they need to show up in order to get the answer you're looking for. But I believe it's just another divination tool. The energy flows through you. And it's your subconscious that orders the cards. It puts them in the order that they show up. And the way Ellen always described it is the images on the cards are so old and they have been used by so many generations of people. I mean, literally billions of people over the centuries that it's collective consciousness and it's a lot like sigils. These are just sigils with interpretations woven into the images. They have universal meanings and they are designed a certain way for that reason. So there's consistency. But over time, of course, things change. People discover stuff and, you know, the sky's the limit. 
So I'm going to start this out by doing the by the book ideas and how to do this to get you started. Because there's people out there that that's what you need. You need that structure. You want to know the traditional meanings. Now, there are as many decks out there as you can imagine. All kinds of artwork, all kinds of authors that put the decks together in all different ways. They've woven their own meanings into it. And I collect a lot of decks. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's two different kinds of decks to collect. Some are very decorative and they're really cool, but they really don't have a lot in the way of imagery that works for reading. It's it's neat to look at. It's it's fun, but really you're not going to get much intuitively. But if you know the traditional meanings, you can go by that or you can go by that author's meanings of the cards, etc. Make it work for you. Have fun. Explore it. I personally find that I will always use a Rider Waite Smith deck and then I have a good handful of decks that are very, very expressive in the artwork and all of the artwork really speaks deeply. So I have some unique stuff I do with different decks in that sense, but I always go by the book as well as intuitively. Back to the podcast, I'm going to do some by the book stuff and then I haven't decided if I'm going to throw the intuitive kind of ideas on the side or as we go. I haven't decided, but at any rate, one bit of advice that Ellen gave to me, and she gave me a technique that I still use to this day that's not reading the cards per se, but it helps tap into your imagination, intuition, and insight. So I'll tell you that probably in upcoming episodes. I want to save that for some fun in the future. And the advice I want to give you, though, is you make your divination system work for you. So much like I said in the pendulum series, program your pendulum, program your cards, work with them, read them consistently and read them the same way every time to kind of lock it into your psyche. Then as you go, start expanding on that, start figuring out what does and doesn't work for your psyche, what doesn't work for your personality, what you like, what you don't like, and don't be afraid to get different books. Not all tarot books are written the same, and not all people that recommend tarot books have the same view of them. So what I might recommend that I'm real jazzed up about may not be something that you look at and go, yeah, this this sucks. Wow, this is horrible, Shasta. Why would you recommend this? So I've got some super cheap references for you for the by the book types. And I even have some book references for the intuitive types. So we got all different directions to go with this. I'm going to do kind of some structure stuff on my next solo episode, kind of, you know, the generalized meaning of how a tarot deck is generally structured. I'll go through that really quick. I'll just kind of bing, bang, boom, and tell you a little bit about it and where you can find these references. And then one really interesting resource, and I've played around with this a little bit. If you're looking for something a little bit on the cheaper side, you're still going to pay a few bucks. But if you go to wish.com and search for tarot decks, you're going to find some interesting ones. You can even get some just rider weight decks. And I want to say that you're going to pay between seven and ten dollars plus maybe three or four dollars shipping or something in that general direction. You might catch some sale prices 
some cheaper prices. The thing about Wish.com and all of their decks is almost all of them don't have a little booklet with them. They have a little scan code thing, and you can go to a website and get a PDF file with that. And that's kind of like, well, I get it. It saves money, but it sucks. Also with Wish.com decks of cards, I've found that it's kind of hit or miss on the quality. Some of them are really cheaply printed and it's thinner card stock and it's like, eh. But then I've gotten some decks from there that really aren't that bad. They're a pretty darn good quality. So it's hit or miss if you want to play with that. I'm going to be trying to get some decks of cards into the store by the end of the year. I've got some references on that. I haven't decided where to purchase from. I'm just looking for the best all-around couple of publishers. I'm probably going to go with U.S. Games. They've got some really popular decks. They've got the Rider Waite decks, Deviant Moon, all sorts of them. So next, here again. Oh my gosh, Shasta, you sound like a broken record. Journal, journal, get yourself a journal, get yourself a notebook. Keep track of your readings, even if you do a one-card reading. Okay, keep track of what you asked and what came up and the date and maybe the number reference, maybe your mood, how you interpreted it. Start taking notes, especially in the early stages. And you can ask mundane stuff, but the big rule of thumb is that this isn't really a pendulum. This is something that's a little bit more in-depth and is going to give you a ton of different insights from all different directions and angles. So when you phrase your question, phrase it like something that somebody is going to give you a paragraph on or a longer paragraph. If it's going to be a yes-no answer, try thinking about it. Think about the situation. And if you can't come up with anything, a good hack is to say the situation at hand is this, you know, whatever your situation is. What do I need to know about the situation at hand? Sometimes Sometimes that's a good way to approach it until you figure out how to structure your questions as to exactly what you want to know. And then also, sometimes the numbers on the cards come out very interesting. So always make note of the numbers because sometimes it may refer to days, it could refer to weeks, it could refer to years or months or a time of day. I used to have some kind of a reference on that. And I'm going to see if I can find some kind of a reference. But I know I used to have something on how to determine time frames in reference to what you're asking when that applies. I can't even remember. It's been so long. I took a class and it was in some literature I had. And then I tried it for a while and it worked. But I don't know if I even still have it. So anyway... Last but not least, when you start playing with tarot cards, or you know what, you can explore oracle cards. Sometimes you can get these decks of oracle cards that may only have like 25 cards in them. It's a little bit less overwhelming to start with, so that's always a possibility. I might be reviewing some. I have a couple that are really super cool. At any rate, don't start off with like the, what do they call it, the Celtic cross spread that has 12 cards that's ridiculous. You're going to overwhelm yourself. Don't do that. Start out with one card. Start out with a, a three card. A three card spread is pretty easy. You can view it as left to right, past, present, future, or reason for asking, things to be considered, and an outcome. I like to do that way a lot. 
Another way you can do a three-card spread is if you're asking about another person in some capacity, whether it's a romantic relationship or a work relationship, family member dynamic, even a pet even, is a three-card spread where on the left, the card represents you in relation to the question. On the right, represents the other individual in relation to the question. And the center is the resolution between the two of you and the dynamic between the two of you regarding the situation at hand. So those are three things that you can play around with that. Those are three that I use regularly. Actually, those are three that I use without fail because it kind of covers everything. And, and you know, there is book after book after book out there, 101 tarot spreads, 125 tarot spreads. Oh my gosh, I've got a couple of them. So we're going to go through all kinds of ideas. I have some really super cool books when it comes to thinking outside of the box with tarot that I'm going to review. And I'm even going to review a little bit of magic using tarot cards. So we're going to have all kinds of fun with this. I hope you're looking forward to it. And again, if you're not really into it, maybe you just want to listen in and ponder it for a while. Or on the next time that I talk about this, I am going to give you a free way to do tarot so you can play with it and you don't got to buy a book. Nor do you have to buy a deck of cards. Oh my gosh, Shasta, you're a miracle worker. I know. Pat myself on the back. Pat, 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 pat. That's me patting myself on the back. Okay, Um. no, this is going to be a lot of fun. And then a final thought for this episode regarding tarot. I know there's probably a good percentage of you out there that's overwhelmed by it because that's a lot of cards. Why would I? That's a lot. How do I remember all that? Listen, I've been reading tarot cards for decades. I There's very few of them I've memorized. I just don't. I always use a reference guide. So the way I read is I have a reference guide that I feel very sound and secure in the meanings and how it's relayed and that sparks ideas for me. I also read intuitively and sometimes I read intuitively first and then I reference the book and between the two methods, I spark all kinds of ideas. But for those of you who are just intimidated, generally speaking, I've got a couple ways to keep it super simple for you. And then also, if you want to experiment and practice on people, Sometimes if you have people that are really nervous about it or they've heard bad stories or they have a bad impression or whatever, if you're reading out of a guidebook on the interpretations, it's a little bit less mystical and scary. So there is advantages of using a guidebook. I just, I kind of want to cover some angles on this because there's a lot of preconceived ideas with tarot just like there was with Ouija boards. And I just want you to know it's a really versatile tool. And my suggestion is just start playing with a Rider weight deck with the traditional meanings and kind of see how the imagery and the references are a big system because it's really freaking cool. And I'll talk about that. And then we'll go from there. And like I said, Make the deck work for you. Figure out a spread system 
or start really, 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 really simple and just keep it at a single card drawing. Journal everything and have fun with it. Be relaxed. Take a couple minutes to do this either with your morning cup of coffee for the day. If you don't know what question to ask, draw a tarot card for the day. Hey, what do I need to think about today? What's the thought for the day? And here again, take in both the upright as well as reversed meanings. See if anything jumps out at you. See if it sparks any ideas. See if the image itself sparks any ideas. Play with it. Keep it simple. Don't make it a thing of stress. Don't let it be overwhelming. And we'll go from there. All right. Jump right in. Don't be afraid. Okay, going to recap a little bit of podcast stuff really fast. Couple announcements. I'm always trying to improve things. So I figured out, and I think they may have done some upgrades on my website. I go through PodPage, and PodPage is specifically for podcasters. What it does is it links up to your host site, so everything's automatically downloaded. Then it's got all of your social media links. It's got all of your podcast app links. It's got your donations link. And then I've got my friends and guest links, stuff like that. You can add to it, blah, blah, blah. You get the idea. So just recently, I figured out that I can sync up PodPage to Facebook and Twitter. So it will always, without fail, as soon as an episode publishes, My pod page detects that, it downloads it, and then it's going to send out an announcement to Facebook and Twitter. So you can always follow on Facebook or Twitter. Either one of those is going to be facebook.com slash G-O-S-T radio. And of course, Twitter is twitter.com slash G-O-S-T radio. The links are on randomillusions.com website. Also on the website, for those of you that are hesitant or don't know or don't realize it, there is a email list that you can sign up for. I am not going to abuse it. I'm not going to fill up your inbox. I hit you up when I have something like huge major to announce, which isn't very often. But every week, whenever I publish, I will drop an email at you going, hey, there's a new episode and here's a link. And it's right there in your inbox. So if that's preferred, you can do that. If you follow me on Facebook, guess what? on your mobile device, not from your computer, but from your mobile device, whatever you use. You can now listen to the podcast from Facebook. Check that out if you're a Facebook fan. Also from the website, if you go there, no matter what kind of device you use, computer, laptop, mobile device, whatever, on the lower corner, you'll see a little microphone. If you click the microphone, you can leave me a voicemail and you have up to 120 seconds to record it. So if it goes over, you'll have to do a part two and let me know if I can use it on the air. I don't have to. Maybe you just want to drop a suggestion, but you don't want to be used on the air. Maybe you don't care. It'd be cool to have some of you guys' voices on a podcast. So feel free to have fun with that. Drop me a message. I would love to hear from you and I would love to hear your ideas also. There's also a contact link on that top menu of the podcast webpage. You can drop me an email if that's preferred. So that's always an option. It's very easy. I want to also draw your attention to the buy me a coffee link. If you feel like anything is particularly helpful 
or you appreciate it, you just want to drop me a tip. It's always appreciated. There is a link on the website. It says buy me a coffee. There's no commitment. You can just drop me a tip. You can send a message, whatever. There's a few people out there that do an ongoing tip every month, five bucks or whatever. And all of those contributions help with the ongoing costs of putting this podcast on. So thanks for all of you that send me the ongoing contributions. I appreciate it every month. And for the rest of you, there's a few of you that have given me tips and there's a few of you in the future that will. I appreciate the support very much. Thanks a bunch. I may develop that sometime where I offer something I can sell through that. So like maybe I can do a tarot card reading, maybe eventually. I don't know. We'll see. It's an idea. Think about it. I'm not there yet. I've mentioned this in the past. I'm ramping up on TikTok. I haven't got there yet. Same with YouTube. Ramping up. I haven't got there yet. But I want to do an impromptu shout out to my sister station, KISI Radio, for the donation of the slightly used, well, greatly used, photography equipment. (laughs) KISI sent me some donated used digital photography equipment to help me out along my journey. So I'm going to be playing with that and see if I can use that for TikTok and a couple other experiments I have coming up. So thank you so much, KISI. Okay, big announcement. I said there was going to be a big announcement. Here we are. It's time for the big announcement. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Okay. It's the ongoing saga of the tarot guy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We just recorded the other night. He is the bomb. I am telling you, I cannot wait. He's going to be on the podcast next week. It will be his debut And uh, I really hope you enjoy his introduction. So we're going to have some fun with that. And then he and I have tossed around a few ideas. He has some, like I said, he's been in the music industry and he's got some experience with all different angles of microphone usage. So he might be doing a little bit of music for the podcast, which is so cool. Oh my gosh. And he might be doing some ongoing appearances because as I mentioned, it goes so far beyond tarot with this guy. He is a real unicorn. I can't even begin to tell you what kind of unicorn this guy is. I just hope that he inspires you guys to find your own gifts, to find your own way, to find your own spiritual path, and however it is that he can inspire you. He has so much awesome stuff to share. And how does that fit into an occult magic podcast beyond tarot. He doesn't practice magic. He's never opened a magic book. So we're thinking about doing a little bit of a spinoff kind of a thing. And since he's kind of hit or miss to get in touch with, he travels a lot and he unplugs when he's, you know, not in one spot. So he'll choreograph with when he has some downtime and we'll do some recordings. And we're going to present that true to the name Random Illusions. It will be presented randomly when we have it to present, and we'll see where it goes. Maybe it'll be often, maybe it won't be. I hope you're prepared to be pleasantly entertained and inspired. So stay tuned for next week when we have his debut. All right, we have reached the end of our show. 
And as I mentioned, it was really, 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 and still is really, really cold out. And I had a nice hot cup of tea. So your tea tag for the night came with the cup of tea. And actually, the giant dog selected this because I held out four different packets of tea and he selected one. So this is selected personally by the giant dog's nose. Okay. The gate to happiness is self compassion. <laughs> awesome. Awesome blossom. Okay, let's do a fortune cookie slip. It is a silly fish that is caught twice with the same bait. <laughs> I like that. All right. All of you lottery players out there, if you've got your pencils ready, here's your lucky numbers from the back of the fortune cookie slip. 31, 9, 19, 34, 47, and 51. And as I promised, we're also going to do a psalm. Let's do two psalms. I'm in a mood. Okay, we left off with the first psalm. So for magical workings, using the psalms, this is your free magic for this episode. We're going to do psalms 2 and 3. Psalm 2 is very interesting. It has two different uses, and I can kind of see how maybe they could be derivative of each other. The first one that I've always used, and this is the one I used with my friend Evelyn when the hurricane was coming, and it, and it just skirted her area. It's when confronted with a storm of the sea, Psalm 2. But my book that I referred to on my last episode, Hoodoo Bible Magic, Sacred Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery by Miss Michael and Professor Charles Porterfield, they say Psalms 2 is to aid in disbanding and breaking up enemy conspiracies. So think of it, an enemy conspiracy could be like a storm on the sea, and you're going to break that up, and you could use it to avert a storm from the sea. So I could see, you know, a little bit of a a, a loose connection there, a, a generalization, a reference, I guess. I don't know. Try it. See if it works. I'm trying to I'm trying to connect the dots here, people. Okay, I don't know if it's working. Okay, Psalm three, and both the book and my chart that I printed years ago both agree on this one. You can use Psalm three for a severe headache or backache. A severe headache or backache. Psalm 3. There you go. That's your magic. Free. Doesn't cost you nothing. That's all I got for you this week, folks. I gotta scrape the giant dog off of the floor. He is in a puddle. And until next week, keep a smile on your face. Keep a bounce in your step. Keep practicing your magic. Go grab yourself a deck of tarot cards and, you know what, have fun with it. Start learning this wonderful divination tool. Don't be scared of it. Drop all your preconceived ideas and see how far you can take it and in what direction you can take it. I guarantee it's a lot of fun. All right, that's all I got for you. I'll catch you next week, folks. Bye-bye.
Hey, thanks for sticking around after the show. Oh my gosh, so many changes and so many things to tell all of you about. We are officially in rerun mode. What does that mean for you? Well, hey, if you listen on your favorite podcast app, nothing is going to change. You will always be able to go back and listen to your favorite episodes and guest spots anytime you want, just as you always have. Again, nothing will change for those of you that use your favorite podcast app. Next, the website will change a little bit. It will change to www.podpage.com slash random dash illusions, or you can listen directly off the host site, www.randomillusions.buzzsprout.com. Links are now in every episode show notes. Check it out. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash radio. Twitter.com slash GOST Radio. If you love YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the Random Illusions Podcast YouTube channel, the GOST Radio YouTube channel, and TikTok. Don't forget to follow us there. Links are down in the show notes. Exclusively for the listener base of Random Illusions, Tim and I are going to continue our coffee.com divinations. Just let us know if you want a rune reading by Tim or a tarot reading by Shasta and what your question is. Give us about two business days and we will respond with a thorough answer to your question, giving you some insight and maybe a little inspiration as well. If you would like to follow Tim and I as we jump into our new leadership roles and all of the new projects we are presenting and working on, don't forget to hit us up. Facebook, privately, Tim Cheesebrow. Shasta Michaels, Random Illusions, or just shoot us an email at magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, at randomillusions.com, and we will send you links as to where you can keep tabs on all of our future endeavors and adventures, and hey, you may want to get involved yourself. You never know. All right, keep your eyes and ears peeled. We will be announcing when we will be back. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.